All right, so, so 30 Rock, so Jack gets this big idea, and he's, he's going to get them out of New York, um, and they're going to go out there, and they're going to find the real America. Uh, and not only are they going to get out of New York and they're going to find the real America, they're going to find the good people, uh, because, because the good people, he's sure that you know, New York is kind of cynical and difficult and so forth, but, it, but if they get out, um, they're going to find the good people, and so they end up in Stone Mountain, Georgia. Um, and... Uh, Sure that uh, they're, you know, all good people come from Stone Mountain. So, um, so yeah, they're going to find Stone Mountain. So see if we can uh, see how our volume is working here, if we can play this. Okay, here's a, here's a little pause here as we're working on the sound. All right, so, you know, he tells Lemon that, hey, we're going to go down here. We're going to find the good people. And, and in her desire... Um, to show him the, the fallacy of his idea, um, she, um, she, when, the, when the guy, the ventriloquist, gets up there, she kind of heckles him a little bit, you know. Hey, buddy, is this your first time doing this? And he unleashes this sort of uh, profane tirade um, uh, on, on, on Lemon. Yes, sir. That's yeah. We got thrown off. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, that's. Yeah, Lemon to the Kia Sorrento. Um, you have, uh, thank you. What we messed with there with the with the music that the the money the money line. So so Lemon starts to heckle him a little bit, uh, and as I say, this guy just unleashes this this tirade um, on her. And Jack's, you know, of course he stands up. You know, what is wrong with you people? You people are horrible. You're supposed to be good people. And and she looks down, uh, or Lemon looks up at Jack, and she says, Jack. All God's people are terrible. Um, that was that was uh, there was uh, what, what we missed there. That was the that was the money line. Is um, is all God's people um, are are terrible. Now, as I say that, we'll we'll qualify that. Uh, maybe that maybe that's a little strong, but but I but I love I love that point there because obviously once she shows the fallacy, it's not like you know what um, there's the good people here and there's the bad people there or you know the bad people here and if I get out there, I'm going to find good. Um, human nature um, and, and, and people that are people that are the way um, that they're supposed to be. I mean, the reality is, is that there is that um, there is that need, um, yes, for for salvation, um, which we all share. And there's also um, we are incapable 
of accomplishing it on our own. We need someone from beyond ourselves. We need someone um, to come to seek to, to rescue us uh, and, and to ransom us. And one of the things as we've gone through um, these past couple of weeks, one of the things I'd like to share um, is this, and that is, that is this, is the tendency, you know, we talked about um, the opportunity, the freedom that's made available in Christ. Uh, and the freedom that's made available when we quit, um, when we quit pretending, uh, when, when we come to him, when we come to him honestly, when, when we quit trying to hold up um, this, this facade or the, or the caricature which, which we've made, the opportunity to come to him and to one another, one another in the community of faith. One thing I'd like to say to you is this as well, is that our adversary, um, the, the devil, loves to isolate us. Uh, and, and one of the challenges, and, it, and it's so easy to happen, you know, we tend to think, you know what, I'm all alone. Um, it's, it's just me. Uh, what, whatever, whatever it might be, the particular trials that you're facing or the particular struggles, maybe they're external, maybe, maybe they're internal, but there's that tendency um, that the devil loves to isolate us. He loves to separate us from one another uh, and make us think that we're beyond redemption. You know what? Um, God has no interest in working with a person like you. Um, God can't work with um, a person like you. You're the only one. What's wrong with you? You're the only one that wrestles with this. You're the only one. Um, the battles with this. The, the desire is for us, his desire for us, um, is, that, is for us to be isolated and think that things can never be different, um, to think that things um, can never be better, uh, that we need to just, just sort of keep quiet, um, not let on, just sort of make the most of it and just sort of uh, grind away, keeping the facade up, stuffing um, it down. Um, but the reality, which Tina Fey um, shares, is that, you know what, all God's children are terrible. All God's children um, have, have issues. All God's children um, have struggles. Um, you're, you're, you're not alone in that. Uh, as I say, the desire of our adversary would be to separate us and to cut us off uh, from him and from one another. Um, but, in, but in coming to him, um, there, is, there is restoration. There's, there's healing. There's wholeness, which is made um, available, available for us. Our scripture for today comes from 1 Kings uh, 19. And it involves Elijah's flight um, to Horeb. And, and y'all perhaps remember, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fabulous um, account. Uh, so you remember um, Elijah uh, and Jezebel um, and, and the prophets of Baal, they, they get into this uh, issue. And y'all, y'all remember, so Elijah challenges the prophets of Baal to a duo. He says, okay, here's what we'll do. Um, y'all prepare a bowl for sacrifice. I'll, I'll prepare one. And we'll see whose God is the real God. So that, that's, the, that's the challenge that's, that's thrown down. And if you remember, the prophets of Baal, um, they dance around this pyre and they slash themselves and they whip themselves into a frenzy and they go on for hours. And as they do so, Elijah taunts them. He says, you know, maybe your God's asleep. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe he went on vacation. Uh, maybe he's hard of hearing. You just need to yell a little louder um, and, and, and maybe he'll hear you. And they, you know, they get themselves all worked up into a frenzy. Nothing happens. Uh, Elijah steps up and says, I tell you what, let's do this. I want you to dig a trench around this offering I have, and I want you to absolutely just soak um, the offering, soak, um, soak the wood on the works. And they do so to the point that it flows down around and even fills this trench that he has them um, dig around. And then he steps up and, and basically says, you know, Lord, um, we, we know who the true God is, and I, and I pray um, that you would show them who the true God is. And fire comes down from heaven, and this, uh, and the offering um, is consumed. And then he turns upon um, the prophets. It's a, 
It's an interesting story. It turns upon the prophets of Baal. The prophets of Baal um, are slaughtered. And as you might imagine, um, Jezebel is a little bit out of shape um, after this. And she sends word and she says, you know what? If I don't get Elijah by tomorrow, um, then you know what? Then, then let me be dead is, is, is what she says. And so, as you might imagine, Elijah, um, you know, it's kind of a roller coaster. He was... He was riding high, and um, he just he, he takes off. Um, he, he's understandably frightened. Um, Jezebel was a woman who would back up her words, um, so she would have been very glad to go ahead and carry out the, the threat and the promise that she had made. And so, so he takes off. We hear that he takes off, and not only, um, not only um, does, does he leave and he, does he run away, and as I say, you know, kind of, uh, kind of understandably so, he, he goes off and he runs off, and we hear um, that as he um, runs off, so 19 here, Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba uh, in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey um, into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree uh, and fell asleep. So a little, a little sort of biblical unpacking here. We, um, some of us, obviously, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, the threat's made. He says, you know what, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm getting out of here. That, that's pretty self-explanatory. A little unpacking there. We hear that he left um, his servant there and journeyed by himself. What that's telling us um, is this when it says he left to serve? What that means is he basically said, "Look, I quit." Um, he, he left sort of all of his all of his signs of office and said, "You know what? I'm I'm out of this prophet business. Um, I'm, I'm out of this um, serving God business. I'm leaving my servant here. I'm leaving all sort of the accoutrements and symbols of my trade, and I'm going off." And he gets he goes under a broom tree, and he says, "You know what? I'm just mad enough to die. Um, God, I can't believe you've left me in this situation." All right, so there's where we are so far. Um, does that resonate? Anybody sort of had um, similar experiences? You know, said God, you know, I, I, I can't believe, uh, I, I can't believe you deserted me. I can't believe um, you've left me all alone. I can't believe you've left me um, in this predicament. And so that's that's what Elijah does. He takes off and says, you know what, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm all alone. God, it would be better. It's so funny uh, because, and it's so us. I mean, he just. Um, he has a pity party. Um, he just, and literally, I mean, here he says, you know, it'd be better off if I was never born. Um, that's 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 how uh, that's how bad it is, God. It'd be better off if if I were never born. And we hear that God, in His in His grace, um, comes to him. We hear that the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've broken down. Your altars, they've put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Um, so he says, um, I'm all alone. And then, of course, do you all remember what God tells him? This is your, uh, this is your, VBS, um, this is your VBS refresher. Uh, and you all are just, I know, you all are humble. God bless you. Um, <laughs> but he says, he says, okay, you know what, so here it is, you know, he's, he's, He's telling God, you know what, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all alone here. Uh, I'm, I'm all alone. You've left me all alone. It would be better um, that if I wasn't here. And you know what, they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. 
Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper, and some translations uh, came a still small voice. Um, that's, that's the part that you probably um, are familiar with. Came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out uh, and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've broken down your altars. They've put your prophets to death with a sword. And I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. So he comes out and he repeats verbatim, Look, God, this is, this is my lament. Uh, this, is my, this is my complaint against you. Um, here I am. I'm, I'm all alone. I've, I've been left all alone. And again, I think that's something um, that, that we can very likely uh, relate to in our lives as well. Then the Lord told him, uh, the Lord said to him, Go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel-Mahalah, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. And here's the, here's the big verse, uh, 1918, that I want you to hear. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and all whose mouths have not kissed him. Well, what, what is that, what's the significance of that, what we're talking about this morning? What is the significance of that um, for Elijah? Elijah says, you know what, I'm all alone. I'm the only one um, that's, that's experiencing this, God. It would have been better off had I never come forth into the world. Um, he, he laments his condition. He lodges a complaint against God. God, in his grace and his mercy, first seeks him uh, to call him back to himself, uh, speaks to him um, through, in this instance, the still small voice. You know, sometimes in our lives, and I know you all have experienced this as well, sometimes the way God speaks to us is, you know, is basically in thunder, um, in, in stereo. You, you can't miss it. I mean, certain things happen, certain experiences happen where it's just like, you know what, boom, this is... This is clearly, whether it be circumstantial um, or what, this is clearly God um, speaking to me. Other times, uh, it's, it's much more subtle uh, in the way that he speaks to us. But what we see is a God who seeks, what we see is a God um, who speaks. And what we also see in this last verse spoken to him, when he says, Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouths have not kissed him. What he tells him is like, um, I hate to break it to you, but you're not the only one. Um, actually, there's 7,000 others um, he thought he was the only one faithful. Um, he was the only one um, suffering. He was the only one going through this. And, and as I say, uh, God lovingly, wonderfully burst his bubble and said, well, you know, actually, um, you're not alone. Um, there are others out there as well. And so one of the things for us in our, in our, in our Christian faith in life is this, is, is the opportunity for us to come to God uh, honestly in, in the way that we approach God, but also to recognize, again, uh, what I want you to hear again and again and again is that you're not alone. Um, the, the particular trials and the experiences and the things that you're experiencing, you're not alone. We often tend to think, and that's the work of our enemy. That's the work of our adversary to say, you know, you're all alone in this. Um, you're just going to have to make the most of it. When the reality is we're not, we're not alone. And that's the word given to Elijah here. He is, he's restored. Uh, he's restored by God. And God lets him know um, that he is not alone. Pause there. 
um, for a moment and I, before I transition to the other things. Any questions or comments about what I said thus far? Um, all right. Uh, fan, fantastic. The next thing, um, so the first thing, the first thing, we're, we're not alone. This, this next one, and I, I really probably should very little of this clip. I kept looking for the um, um, for the clean version of this clip, and you know, it just uh, apparently it just doesn't exist. And so, let me tell you a little bit. Have, have any of y'all? I'm sure all of y'all have seen Eight Mile. Um, oh, good. Okay, thank you. Well, with two people, um, that's outstanding. So that's that's kind of that's kind of about the percentage. Uh, kind of about the percentage. I thought. Let me kind of give you the. I mean, who doesn't love an American hip hop drama? Um, so you've really, uh, anyway, you've kind of, you've kind of missed out here uh, on this. All right, so here's here's the basic here's the basic deal here, and it's it's kind of interesting as well because it it has the tendency, sort of like all um, American cinema, and just kind of human nature in general. It kind of if if you don't read it carefully, it, it presents itself as sort of a, a moralistic tale, um, which of course we like moralistic tales, right? Because then doggone it. Then we can do it. You know, if it's a moralistic tale, then I'm gonna, all right, I'm gonna see the steps here, and I'm gonna follow this model, and then you know what, I'm gonna be able to do it on my own. And when I do it, I'm gonna get to the end. I'm gonna say, you know what, way to go, Craig. Um, you, you did it. Um, you persevered. You know, credit and glory to you. Um, that's that's kind of what we want. And so if we're not careful, it could be kind of a moralistic tale. So here's the deal. All right, so Eight Mile Road in Detroit. Um, kind of, you know, this is a, kind of a, a, a tough. Yeah, y'all know all this. This is a, so just. Pretend like you haven't heard this before. Um, so anyway, it's kind of this, yeah, right, so this sort of tough, gritty area. And uh, Eminem is kind of, you know, sort of, it's not his life story, but it's kind of, almost, it's sort of in a way semi-autobiographical. So anyway, uh, Eminem plays this uh, character, um, Jimmy B. Rabbit Smith Jr. Uh, B. Rabbit would be his, uh, you know, his, his, his rap name. Um, we, we have rap names, the clergy at the Advent. Um, you all might not know that, so. Uh, but anyway, he's, uh, B. Rabbit is his, uh, that's his, that's his deal. And so he's trying to, you know, he's, he's in that, he's in that tough, uh, that, that, that tough cycle there of, of, of poverty, uh, and addiction, uh, and, and hopelessness. And he, and he's trying to make his, he's trying to make his way out of this. And he's trying to make it out, um, through rapping. Well, um, you know, not a lot of popular white rappers, um, in Detroit. And so he's trying to, sort of regardless of his, uh, of his sort of ethnicities, he's trying to make his he's trying to make his way out, and um, sort of as the story goes, he he stops uh, from a moralistic point. You know, he stops blaming his circumstances. He begins to take responsibility. You know, he pulls himself up by his bootstraps. Sort of the hip hop Horatio Alger story. You know, it's kind of you know he's he's going to do it by determination and by sticking with it. And you know, if he hangs in there long enough. Um, he's he's going he's going to make it, and his hard work is going to pay off. Well, here's the deal: there are these rap battles, okay? Um, and so there's a big crowd out there. And there are these rap. It's really, it's, it's very moving. I mean, I wish y'all could I wish y'all could see this. So there's there's these rap battles, right? And so um, me and Stuart we we face off here, and they all of a sudden you know here's the beat, and we take sort of a minute, sort of basically uh, insulting um, one another through rap, and the crowd cheers to see who the who the winner is? Well, his first foray into this, he chokes, um, and he just he, he can't. Uh, you know, you remember the song, but the words won't come out. You know, he's uh, 
He's choking now. Everybody's choking up. The clock's run up. Over. Blow. Snap. So anyway, there you go. So there's the, there's the start of the chokes. And so it comes to this final battle, and there's this group of guys that have been his tormentors um, throughout, throughout all the time there. And, and he, he's, he makes it through to the final. Uh, and now he's up, um, he's up against Papa Doc, which is kind of the lead, um, the lead guy of, of this group that has just tormented him um, throughout the entirety of his movie. Uh, and they're responsible for a lot of the... Um, the leaders of the free world is uh, is what they call themselves, and so they're responsible for a lot of his humiliations, etc. And so it's it's up to he and Papa Doc. They flipped a coin to see who goes first. And Papa Doc's the guy no one wants to face, and and Papa Doc wins the coin toss, and he says, you know, let this guy, um, let this guy go first. Uh, and and here's and here's what he does. So he so he gets up, uh, and let's say I'll, I'll show you a little. Again, I. It's a shame. It's a great clip, but anyway, um, it's a little too far even for me. So, um, so anyway, so he takes uh, he takes the microphone, and here's and here's what he does. Um, he he starts. Um, he says, "Look, I know I know everything you've got to say about me," and he says, "You know what? I am I am white trash. Um, I am a loser. Um, I do live in a trailer um, with my mom. You guys, you know, you guys did." You guys did jump me. And he just goes on and he says, you know, he says, okay, look, here's, here's all the stuff. He says, I know everything you got to say about me. And he just goes ahead uh, and, he, and, he, and he lays it out there. And then he, and then he turns and he says, and you know what, I know something about you. Um, uh, your name is Clarence and you went to a private school, you know, and your parents have a really nice marriage. And he goes on and, and he goes on and begins to expose um, this guy, because there ain't no thing as halfway crooks. Um, that's probably y'all probably have said that recently. So anyway, so this is this is kind of the um, so this is all that's going on. Why do I share that with you? Because it's 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 really it's really great um, gospel stuff. It's it's really it's really powerful. I don't know that the producers realize it as such and say it's kind of presented as as this morality story. But but here's here's the gospel in it. Be rapid. <laughs> Goes against his adversary and says, "You know what? I know everything you've got to say about me. You know what? And yeah, it's 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 true. I live in a trailer. Um, I live in a trailer with my mom. You guys jumped me. Um, you you beat me up. You know. I would, so go ahead and tell me something. Go ahead and tell me something you don't know about me. And here's and here are the things um, that I know about you. Well, all right. So this so this happens. And then the microphone um, is given to Papa Doc. And you know what he says? Nothing." Um, and we all cheer. Uh, B Rabbit wins the rap battle. The crowd, the crowd cheers, and he and he and he walks. He kind of walks off into the sunset. You know, back to, you know, he's 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 going to make it. Uh, he's going to make it as a rapper. Well, well, here's here's the here's the power in all that. Here's here's the gospel in all that. Uh, the the gospel is that life comes by death and resurrection, uh, and it's you know, uh, un- unless unless we die, we don't live. Uh, and and whether he knew it or not, I mean, what he did is he goes against the adversary, goes against the enemy, and says, you know, yeah, I've got, I know everything you got to say about that that story that Frank shares often. It's a great story about the guy that ends up on um, the the priest that ends up in the concentration camp, and they try to break the various people. And the way that they break them is they bring them in, they just tell them all the awful stuff about them. Uh, and you know, they they kind of start guessing and insinuating, and then they can tell when they've latched onto something, and when they've latched onto something, they just drive it home until the person breaks. Well, they bring this 
um, Catholic priest in there, and they start going on and on about him. He says, yeah, I'm really much worse than that. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, that's, okay, yeah, I have terrible thoughts, and, you know, um, yeah, et cetera, et cetera, sure, okay, yeah, that, that's true, but actually, you know what, guess what, I'm really worse, uh, I'm really worse than that. It takes away, it takes away that captivity, it takes away that power. As he goes in and he just sort of says, yeah, look, I'm, I'm a loser, um, all of a sudden, the, the power and the hold that he had on him was gone. And what, what else can he say when he says, look, here's, here, here, here it all is, there it all is, uh, it no longer has um, any power over him. His, his confession um, freed him. Uh, and in that, he finds freedom. And, and again, you know, there again, in, in Eight Mile, um, there is, uh, there's, there's a gospel message for him. All of a sudden, uh, the things that he'd been trying to hide, the things that he'd been trying um, to pretend um, weren't there, when he, when he confesses all those, then boom. All right, well, the power's gone. Um, he, uh, he's, he's a free man. His adversary no longer has any power um, or control over him, and now suddenly, um, now suddenly he's free. The, the message there, um, the message there of the gospel, does that, does, let me ask you, does that, does that make sense? <laughs> Good, I just, you know, I'd say, I'd, it's one of those things that's like, okay, I thought it made sense, but you know, um, you know, say, I, it's nice to say, okay. That's right. Well, yeah, that's, well, yeah, they, all right, let's see, let's, let me see what I can come up with. As I say, unfortunately, um, yeah, Lucas has left the room. That's good. Um, so we've, uh, yeah, we, um, regardless, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, yeah. Lucas knows Eminem. Lucas is down with B Rabbit. Um, so this is actually one. This is one I've sort of, uh, as I say, as well. I've tried to. He sure was easily accessible there. Yeah. Well, I had it queued up and ready, but I just say I've. Uh, um, yeah, Scott Settle. Um, go all the way down. No, 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 no. No, stay right there. Yeah, sweet. All right, here we go. All right, so... Yeah, this is right. I've watched it a few million times, but that's why I've got I've got this down. Um, so anyway, here we, here, we, here we go. All right, so we've... Um, again, I've, I've kind of not surprisingly fast-forwarded through uh, much of what he has to share there. You're welcome to, to queue it up, uh, to queue it up on your own. But... but um, Yes, here's, uh, so he's, he's basically said, look, I know everything you've got to say about me here. Um, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, he goes a cappella here uh, at, at the end here. Um, he says, God bless you and God bless you. And you know what? Um, all right, here we go. Right. Here, tell these people something they don't know about me. All right. So there, there, there it is. Uh, Tell these people something they don't 
Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so there, go ahead. Tell these people something they don't know about me. Um, and as I say, he has, y'all, y'all, I can tell y'all are kind of moved. Um, y'all are kind of moved um, by that. Tell these people something. I'm proud that you hung around long um, enough. The they, they know, yeah, well, exactly. Well, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, it just, it. And you know, that's the great, that's that's that is that is that is the great thing is, uh, and and the opportunity for us when when the gospel, and and I'm definitely, you know, like like Paul says, you know, I'm not pretending that I've got it, and I'm not pretending that I that I'm there, but when the gospel gets a hold of our hearts, you you do begin to see things, whatever you may encounter. Um, in, in, a, in a different way, uh, it, it sheds light. It sheds light on our lives. It sheds life on our surroundings. Just what we've been trying to express all along: um, the reality of, of what it has, what it has to offer us, the, the hope in the midst of our lives that it has to address. And, and again, the, the freedom that can be found um, in, in death and resurrection. Saying, "Yeah, here it is. Um, uh, I, I know everything um, you've got to say about me." And, and the reality is. In some sense, it's true. Um, and in some sense, those those things, those accusations, are, are are true to some degree. That's that's the confession part. That's the repentance part. Saying, yeah, you know what? Um, all God's children are terrible. Um, I've got a lot of stuff uh, about me that I wish um, that were different. But the the good news for us as Christians is is that's not the end of the story. Um, we're we're sinners. Uh, we're sinners just like other folks, but we're redeemed sinners. Um, we're we're loved um, sinners. We're we're restored sinners, not because of our character, but because of the character of God, because of what He's like and the grace and the way that He reaches out and extends Himself to us. And our lives uh, begin to change, not through our moral efforts. And that's that's an important thing. To say, you know, it, it, it's great in some ways. Okay, it's great for us to try and be better. But the reality is, our lives don't change from our moral efforts. I don't suddenly start loving Paula Marcus and say, you know, I'm going to love her more. Um, she doesn't start loving me more. She says, you know what? Um, I'm just going to try harder. Um, it's really hard. Um, but I'm going to try um, even harder. Our lives begin to change when the gospel begins to work on our hearts, when it begins to really get down in our hearts and permeate the way that we see the world, to realize that we've been people who've received love and grace and mercy that we haven't earned. Um, and that our, that our worth and that our character come from who we are in relationship with God, not through what we're able to produce on our own. It's the whole message of the vine and the branches. Um, how do we how do we grow? How do we live? How do we by by abiding um, by abiding in the vine? By us being the branches attached to Him, by reflecting on who He is in relationship with us and what He's accomplished for us. That's it's that message of the good news. It's that message of the gospel that begins to change our hearts. And any and and our loving actions and our obedience and the things that that come from that really um, aren't works of ours that suddenly make us acceptable to God. It's simply the fruit. Um, that comes from abiding in the reality that God has first sought us um, as sinners, that he's extended his love and his grace um, to you and to me. Pete, do you have anything that you want to add before we go? That's right. Well, let's... Next, next time. Next time sounds good. Um, we'll, meet, uh, we'll meet one more time. Um, and do this for you all, if you, if you, if you will. We're, we're obviously kind of beginning to explore um, some, some different opportunities here. Um, if if there are things going forward in the future, topics or or uh, whatever it might be that you'd be interested in us addressing, um, just uh, shoot us an email. Um, shoot me an email. Shoot Joe an email. Just let us know as we kind of gather these things, as we let it percolate, as 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 we go forward. Um, just you know, 
uh, let us know. That'd be great. Well, let me um, let me pray, and then I guess if there are any questions, comments, we'll have them. And otherwise, we'll um, we'll go to the eleven o'clock. Those of us who are scheduled at eleven, um, those of you who aren't, it's a great day for lunch and a nap. Um, hope you yeah, hope you enjoy that. Are you gonna wrap your next sermon? Um, <laughs> you know, I will. Actually, next week I will reveal my rap name. Um, and so I'll show a little bit. It's actually, it's, it's really going to be pretty sweet. It's actually, um, Joe Warren and I are going to have a rap battle um, <laughs> next week. So we'll just kind of act out. Um, so anyway, put your votes in this week for who's B-Rabbit and who's Papa Doc. So anyway, just let me know. Uh, but yeah, let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for who you are. Uh, and I pray that we would recognize the reality, Lord, that we're not alone. Um, and I pray that we would recognize as well the, the work of our enemy who desires to isolate us, who desires to, um, who desires to separate us, who desires to cut us off from you and from one another. And Lord, we thank you that your, uh, the power of your cross is greater than that. Uh, the power of your blood shed for us is greater than that, that we have been washed and restored, most gracious God, through you. We thank you as well that you have promised through your son Jesus that you would not leave us as orphans, but that you'd send us another counselor, the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit, to be our advocate um, and to lead and to guide us into all truth. Lord, um, soften and shape our hearts by the work of your Holy Spirit. Tune our hearts and our ears and our minds to hear your voice. Fill them, we pray, with your gospel that we might be people who remain and dwell and and abide uh, and who you are, and who you call us to be in relationship with you. And we pray that our lives would bear fruit, fruit not produced by us, but produced by abiding in you. Uh, speak to us, Lord, as you alone can, and we pray that these things would be accomplished. And we ask these things not based on our merits, but on your mercies. In the name of your Son, who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.